It's the Desert Island Discs with Flavia on Capital FM. Fresh hits for Uganda. So you're now honorable, eh? Yes. Which for me is odd because we, when we met, you were not yet on this end of leadership. Yes. Um, so now you have people who call you Katesh. And then those who finish the name, Katesh Umba. Who do you reserve the Katesh for? I think those who call me Katesh are more than those who really actually the full name. Really? Yeah, because uh, like outside the boundaries mm. of Uganda, I think I'm more known 98% as, as Katesh. And w- who started that? Was it you who decided nobody would say Katesh Umba? <laughs> Let me decide to cut it. No, actually, it's Umba is my father's name. Mm. They used to call him Katesh Senior. Mm. Four of us, of the boys, took over that name. Okay. So. So in your family, there are four Katesh. Yes. So a Christmas gathering must be difficult. Who? <laughs> <laughs> How do we know who we are calling? We have like uh, now the Katesh Senior, mm. who is the head of the family mm. because Mzee died. Oh, okay. And then we have uh, I have my elder brother, another one, mm-hmm. and then a younger brother. Ah, okay. Sometimes they they mix us. Mm. Sometimes my brothers get messages <laughs> and Katesh. then they forward. Eh? Oh Especially my from the voters, you know, ah. we, how are you, honorable? We are looking for you. I then uh, you find someone who saved in as Katesh. Uh, Saved your your brother Katesh yes. as you okay, yeah. now I understand. So welcome to Desert Island Discs. Have you been cast away before, or this is your first? This is my first time. Wow! And I'm glad to be here. We look forward to this story. I always ask my guests to start or to pick anywhere in your very very early childhood and throw us there, and let's start the story. I can vividly remember the early eighties, because mm. when we were young, when there was uh, political changes, at least I was old enough. Uh, I remember when we used to put on UPC cups and sing at school and uh, and then of course running away. So those are some of the early moments I recall. Then of course later on throughout to primary. Mm. You mentioned in the beginning Katesh Senior. Now we're saying Mzee. Mm. Uh, family, what kind of uh, parents are we talking about? Um, because you, you're, you're actually, if you're honorable of Shema, you're born in Shema. Yes, I'm born in Shema, in the municipality to be specific, in a place called Kalela, mm. but then we, our home is in Kabohe. Okay. My late father used to be a head teacher. Mm. Uh, he was in politics in the 1960s. He was the chairman of the UPC in Central Ankole. Mm. Then, and then, of course, moved away. He went into teaching. And my mother was also a teacher. She <laughs> still around. Wow. Yes. But retired. Yes, retired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. And um, I, I think I had a guest recently who said he was raised in a family of teachers. Yes. And I said, Did, didn't that... See, because, I mean, when we think of teachers, we think of disciplinarian, won't Absolutely. let things fly. I mean, yes. Is that the home you grew up that in? That was the case. Because I remember our dad, we used to stay at schools. The teacher's teacher. quarters? Yes. Oh, okay. We would wake up, go to milk uh, very early do the house uh, work mm. but he would tell us that if he reaches school before us <laughs> you who is doing the chores yes. if he reaches before you yes he would have to you know line up for Imagine. Chiboko like those who are coming late <laughs> so <laughs> you'd have to wake up much earlier yeah so our father used to emphasize hard work mm. uh, being smart and clean I learned how to tie my tie Wow. From my father, he would not allow you to go when your shirt is not iron and your shoes are not polished and your hair is. That's mm. how he was in his old age. And then he was uh, very, very good at English. So he used to mm-hmm. emphasize very good English. Mm-hmm. And my mother, of course, is, uh, is a mchiga. <laughs> so you can imagine <laughs> the combination. <laughs> so <laughs> mommy is more of a hard, hard worker. Mm. Would, she would do anything. So uh, we grew up in a very, very, you know, strict disciplinary kind of home, mm. um, and I think that shaped most of us. Wow, mm. that's good. And when you said them chiga, I can imagine even the listeners said, yeah. "Okay, yeah. now we know who they used to say." When mommy comes, uh, yes. <laughs> you will know. And I understand growing up in the time when there was political changes or a bit of turmoil and uncertainty I think is the word Um, when you're going through school when you're much younger especially from a home where 
I can imagine when you have parents who are teachers, you've got to set goals. You've got to have a purpose. You've got to find where you want to go. Did you have any dreams at that age? You know the problem is that life was very uncertain. Mm. We would be dreaming in the usual yes. dreams, you know, you want to be a pilot. <laughs> I remember when we were young, Honorable Rakasisi, mm. when he was a minister, they would fly in with uh, you know helicopters. Ah yeah, yeah yeah I can uh, imagine in that. In the 80s. And then as young people, you know you you you, you say I want to be a pilot. Mm. But uh, later on, I felt more of uh, being uh, a lawyer. Then later on, I had dreams of being an architect. So I had two... No, no way of being a teacher. No. You'd be your closest influence. <laughs> no. But incidentally, mm. I used to do teaching, part-time teaching, mm. when I was in secondary school. Okay. Especially for coaching, mm. even coaching the other kids. Mm. So you were either going to be a lawyer or an architect. Yes. When you were younger. Yeah. Uh, the lawyer, I understand. Most of us either dreamt of being a lawyer, a doctor, or a pilot. Yes. Architect, there are not very many people who were exposed enough to want that. I, I had two extremes. Okay. I was the best student in literature okay. and the best student in math. What? So I had two extremes. You're a rarity. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I remember two of my teachers, one, uh, Mr. Okoued, was teaching us math mm. and the late Gideon was teaching me literature. Each one of them had to go home to, to lobby. To tag and say, this is my child. <laughs> Those are extreme because I remember when we were younger, if you were excellent on the English or literature side, you were terrible at math or sciences. You could either pick, wow. Okay. So I got the D1 in math and the D1 in literature. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your first song, Honorable? My first song is... Uh, by Ruth Avandros, mm-hmm. uh, the best things in life are free. Ah. For Uganda. All right, you're still on Desert Island Disc. We just listened to the late Luther Vandross. The best things in life are free, which is your first choice. Honorable Katesh, for the sake of this conversation, they will know which Katesh, since you've said your brothers um, are already there. So you had, well, it wasn't really that you had a dream, but then you were the best at extremes. You were very good at the arts and you were very good at the sciences. So you were good at math, you were good at literature. And so I understand the teachers wanting you to go on either side. Yes. But now if when you click secondary school and you're going to you know, higher education, are you choosing for yourself? I was more inclined towards uh, mathematics okay. and sciences. So I went to Ntari school and did uh, PEM, <laughs> stroke art. Okay. And that's how I, I wanted my architecture 
dream to come mm, to. Wow. And when they talk about Ntare, there's so many grand stories they talk about. Yes. I've got uh, friends whose brothers went to Ntare and they keep saying that their, their children will also go to Ntare. And I don't know if Ntare still has the glory today that it had then. But what was that glory anyway? Tell us about that school. Ntare school, I think, was a turning point mm-hmm. in my life because it is a school where which had a tradition. Okay. A tradition of self-control and a tradition of excellence. So the moment you entered that school, mm. you knew you will pass and excel. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt. Okay. So, you know, that belief entering your mind from day one, you actually work towards because you, you, you are looking at the board, the kind of people it has produced. Mm. Had, uh, you are among the, the excellent two, uh, people. Uh, mm. the, the, the president of Uganda, the president of Rwanda, and so many high profile people. Mm. When I entered Ntari, it was a dream coming from Ganwa High School. Mm-hmm. Very few of us would actually get to Ntari School. And at the time, it was merit, right? Merit, pure merit. It had no offense. Hey. And up to now, there is no offense. A boarding school? <laughs> I, I reached, of course, I contested as a deputy head boy. What? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was very uncommon for someone who has not studied there in all level mm. to actually be even express interest to be a leader. <laughs> Why aren't you afraid? Yeah, but uh, I went for it and mm. successfully won. Had you taken leadership at Nganwa? Yes, I was a house prefect. Okay. I had attempted in senior one. <laughs> lost by one vote. Oh, okay. Then that's I nice. became a house captain. Mm. Then in third school, I became a deputy boy. Oh, they gave you regardless yes, of how I knew won. you were? Landslide. What did you tell them? <laughs> I remember the whole thing was about Katesha Aman. Mm. And uh, we, it was a campaign of excitement. Mm. And then uh, when I went through my first speech, I know many OBs who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, the elections are over. Now it is business. <laughs> because I was in charge of discipline. Ah, yeah, 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 I said, yeah. the, the, the the, the gate is open, mm. the fence is not there, mm. but you must be in school. Wow. And uh, I think I excelled at entire in terms of leadership and I had to balance. There mm. are very many experiences mm. that uh, I recall. Wow. Yeah. I was a leader in school and I noticed that you're either a friend to the, the, the teachers or the administration, you're friends with the students. You said you balanced it, did you? Yes, I did, because the headmaster then, uh, Mr. Kamhanda, was like a parent. Okay. He used to value the student leadership. So we would go and explain to him mm. what the students, mm. you know, their problems are. And he would try to, to sort them. To sort them. Mm. But at the same time, we needed to tell the people that, look, there are boundaries. This is yeah. a tradition of the school. You can't do bullying. Mm. Uh, you can't uh, just go out and start drinking in bars. Mm. I need to understand because, I mean, I, I get it. I was a prefect and all, but you sound like you were going for leadership. Eh? <laughs> what was it that was attracting you to it at that age? I think for me, the aspect of leadership, it, it's the influence of uh, my dad. Mm-hmm. Because as a leader, even when he had uh, left politics as an active member, mm. I remember vividly one time we were coming from Chivingo, one of our neighboring villages. Mm. We were on his pickup behind. He met two soldiers. I think they were soldiers of the old regime moving. Mm. And you know, they were on rampage. They were frogging two people, mm. putting the bicycle, you know, they, they were carrying bicycles on Kandoya. Mm. And uh, one of them was being forced to eat sandals. Oh, no. So my dad stopped and uh, he asked, why are you doing this? Mm. The soldiers quickly respected him because he had been a leader in the old. Mm. And then they said, uh, we are beating these people because, you know, we are suspecting them to be a dewy. You see, one of them is wearing a, a, a red sandal and the other one is a blue sandal. Mm. So these must be wrong characters. <laughs> so because of that, they were being punished. So they quickly immediately ordered their soldiers to release them. And then the people jumped on the pickup and moved. So that that kind of leadership of you know meaning that he could actually have he saved the the, the lives mm. of those people. 
So I think uh, growing up we appreciated the importance of leadership. Yeah. Naturally I'm a people person. So I can easily get along in any society. Good. I took it up. <laughs> so you had done PEM at Yes. And you were really chasing your dreams of being an architect. Yes. I I got good grades. I was admitted in Makere but not on no architecture. Hmm. They admitted me on commerce. Oh. I was in for one semester when the scholarship opportunity came mm-hmm. to go and study in India. Okay. Under the Indian Council for Cultural Relations, mm. which is an exchange program. So I applied and I emerged among the best and uh, I was uh, given a slot to do architecture. Uh-huh. In uh, India. Well, unfortunately, we left here 13 of us. Mm-hmm. So when we reached New Delhi, the we found the government of India had changed the policy and uh, indicated that they needed us to be in uh, the top 5 universities in India. Mm-hmm. And so they had given us Delhi University. Mm-hmm. And that university did not have architecture. Oh. They told me if you have to pursue that dream, mm. you have to apply for another university which is south of India mm. in a place called Pondicherry or here is an alternative. Mm. Stay to, here to do BCom. Ah. So I settled for BCom. So not because you really wanted it, but the surrounding circumstances Yes. Just made sense. Yeah, but in life you have to be flexible mm. and uh, make the right choice. <laughs> What's your second choice, honorable? My second song is from uh, Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. I didn't know my own strength. I didn't know my own strength. <laughs> <laughs> Lost touch with my soul. I had nowhere to turn. Nowhere to go Lost sight of my dream Thought it would be The end of me I, I thought I'd never Make it through I had no hope To hold on to I, I thought I would break I didn't know My own strength And I crashed down tumble but i did not crumble i got through all the pain i didn't know my own strength survived my darkest hour my faith kept me alive i picked myself back up hold my head up high i was not built to break i didn't know my own strength in my heart I found the light to light my way out of the dark found all that I need here inside of me oh I thought I'd never find my way I thought I'd never lift that weight Desert Island Discs on Capital FM. Fresh hits for Uganda. It's Desert Island Discs with me, Flavia. We have Honorable Katesh. His second choice was the late Whitney Houston. I didn't know my own strength. I mean, if you've got to be in New Delhi with brilliant minds <laughs> and they tell you, yes, you're doing math, but with no calculator, which, first of all, if it's possible, that then our calculators are crippling us here. No, actually, we first got shocked, but it became normal. <laughs> Up to now, I try to use my fingers count. Imagine. And that. because for three years, mm. doing 
doing mathematics and and it's not one plus one it's no no no, no. <laughs> serious cost accounting yeah so it was not easy but uh, you know a human being can adapt to any yes, situation yes yes yeah. we have limitless potential yeah. but sometimes we choose to exactly to tap into less and so you you return from india so it's quite different from if you had stayed at macquarie university obviously absolutely it's familiar yeah. ground it's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I much don't would think be happening. The, the universities here as as strict as, as others. Outside. Yeah, actually, I, I know a friend who said that when they went to as an adult decided to make a choice to go to Harvard Business School, they said, "I thought I was going on a holiday in, in America, and it turns out it's not. No. It's like going to high school here. You yes. know, the strictness and what absolutely and because you have to study. That's why you're there. Yeah. And nobody gives you the time to think otherwise. Yes. Um, so five years you did in India." Yes. And then came back. Okay. Did you come with a plan? <laughs> yeah, because I got the first class, I had got some offers mm-hmm. to do some work in some companies in yeah. India. Yeah, and I had also someone who wanted me to do internship in Germany. Okay, but I really wanted to come home, mm. so I came here. I had some ideas of starting business. You know, India is a. <laughs> Is a, I can imagine even is, here the entrepreneurial. Is a, yes, is a place where you can do. You learn a lot of business, mm. anything. So I came here, tried out a few things, business for about six months until I got into formal employment. Mm. I got three offers to work almost on the same day. Okay. Uh, in three organizations. Mm-hmm. So you I didn't cho- apply. So they I applied. Okay. And then I chose to work as a, an officer. URA. Oh wait, your journey went straight into URA. Yes, wow. A few months. Yes. When you say an officer, what is that role? It's, it's really like a, a, a lower rank. It's a starting starting role. rank. Yes. Yeah, that's two thousand and six. And six yeah. when you joined. Yes. Wow. And you would then move through ranks. This is the URA story. I, th- I really thought you went somewhere else before you no. went to URA, but that's interesting to yeah. hear. So I did two years as an officer mm. in customs. Why did you pick that? You had three offers. Why that? Yeah, I had one? Uh, three offers. One was uh, an administrative manager in some organization. Then another one I was supposed to be finance. Okay. Uh, supervisor somewhere. Mm. But I I had heard about the story of the new URA. Mm. How? Uh, Who was Alan, at the helm at the time? Alan Kajina Alan transformed Kajina. it. So it was like a dream mm. working under. Alan. Interesting. So you did the officer role for how long? I did for two years. Okay. I got promoted to a supervisor, crossed into another department, mm. uh, tax investigations. Then I did two years and then I applied for assistant commission. <laughs> where, where is the courage coming from at this point? You no, know, you know, I joined URA when I was well educated. I had a That's master's true. degree. And you had excelled at it. And I had uh, two mm. diplomas. Mm. Diploma in management information technology mm-hmm. and compute from India. Mm. URA was moving into the the new technology world. Mm. So all these changes which were happening, while some people are struggling, some of us, because of the background from India, were thriving. it was very easy mm. for us to deal with computers and systems. So <laughs> I remember I tried two positions for manager. I didn't go through. Mm. And then I applied for assistant commissioner, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I sat the board interviews and okay. went through. Wow. So I jumped one rank in yeah. between. Did you walk in thinking the entire way, this is mine? Yeah, you know, entire school, one thing we always believe in mm. is that you know when you enter into the room, mm-hmm. you own it. Yeah, I found myself supervising. The bosses who trained me. Mm. We had very good leadership in, uh, by Allen mm. Ajina, and she mentored us in leadership. So I did it for four and a half years. I got a lot of exposure. Mm. I did my fellowship at the WCO. I had leadership roles in the region. And uh, I remember there was a vacancy of the Deputy Secretary General mm-hmm. at the World Customs Organization. I got so many people approaching me to go for it. Yeah, I almost went. Then I I decided to stay. Why? And uh, then the position of commissioner fell vacant mm-hmm. around the same time because you know there were two terms mm-hmm. for management. I went for the interviews, got shortlisted, and then I I got the commissioner, commissioner mm-hmm. and uh, started 
a new chapter. Is that where a lot of us got to meet you and know you at that point, Commissioner? Yes. When I met you in that role, I hadn't known your journey before. Yes. I felt you were very forward thinking. Yes. I mean, you had a vision and dream and you transforming and you're networking. You actually write about you and people. Yes. You're very good with people. You're very right about that. But I remember, I think um, I was supposed to host, was it the Customs Week? The AEO conference. Yes. yes. And when I came to your office, <laughs> yes. there was just an aura. And I, I think you're right about how sometimes you get into positions and not everybody will necessarily okay. be on your side, yes. per se. But it was a very organized office, an organized team. But you, you got the sense that there was a man-eat-man kind of world yes. in URA. How do you survive that? Or was it just the thinking of us outside looking in? Uh, it could be because the time I spent, we were doing a lot of reforms. Mm. We did 13 reforms in the customs department. Yeah. And then we had uh, a lot of international exposure. Mm. You know, I remember when we had the first global AO conference mm. here in, in Africa, which we brought here. Where you? Yes, uh, we approached. It was phenomenal, you. yeah. Yeah, about two thousand guests or so. Mm-hmm. So there was uh, a lot of work which I'm really proud of and uh, documented. But uh, it was the highlight of my career because that was the time I took over the role on the continent first. Then I got elected as the first ever Black African to be the chairman of the World Customs Organization. Mm-hmm. Brussels. I think that was a landmark mm-hmm. because I contested. I was was Uganda versus Russia. Imagine Brussels that. Brussels and all these commissioners around the world mm-hmm. gathering to vote you to be their leader. Mm. But you know, everybody loved Katesh in Brussels. <laughs> the morning of the vote was like uh, <laughs> obvious. I, I can never forget. Mm. Everybody wanted to take a picture. Wow, bless. So I loved the fact that you know the Ugandan flag. I had to be in Brussels for one year, mm. you know, sitting there, controlling 180 people, mm-hmm. balancing the geopolitics <laughs> was uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, URA is one of those organizations in the country that has been marred by corruption. Yeah. I can't say the only one. I think pretty much corruption is everywhere. But there's just a, a resounding noise about Uganda Revenue Authority. And at the time you were there, there was... I mean, I think there were lots of reforms, as you were saying. There were lots of changes. People were being let go. How do you work, especially in a leadership position in such an organization with such comments? I mean, that's a, a perspective the public has. You know, generally, URA has gone through a journey from the restructuring, good leadership by Allen, then by uh, Doris, mm. and now with uh, John, who is at, uh, at the helm. I think the perception will never end. Mm-hmm. Because the staff of URA are from the society that we live in. The main focus we had uh, as management was to streamline systems. For me, I was paying more attention to systems, procedures, and KPIs Mm -hmm. uh, to try and make sure that you you automate the process so that you remove the interface. Mm. That's how we know we brought in e-tax, Ascuda World, centralized DPC routine scanners. All these we were trying to to deal with uh, the aspects of the temptation. Human weakness. Yes. <laughs> so it's a full-time job. Mm. The perceptions will be there, especially in our society. Mm. And of course you also must have the red line and make sure that you have a strong mechanism to deter and detect. Mm-hmm. So that was our full-time job all the time. But of course one incident would be blamed. Uh, you would <laughs> have the whole organization mm casting but but generally i am very proud for the period we were there mm. and until now i think it is it is still one of those institutions that mm. are very strong what's your third choice of song honorable my third uh, song let me say uh i think that should be treat her like a lady by people bryson mm. Like a 
Island Discs with Flavia on Capital FM. Fresh hits for Uganda. Desert Island Discs. That was uh, Honorable Katesh's third choice. Treat her like a lady. Great choices. You're, you're not a man of uh, 2000, eh? 2005. No. <laughs> Your music my, goes. My, my music is. Uh, <laughs> it has aged like fine wine. It has aged. <laughs> So you did well with URA and one would ask, I mean, why leave? I had been under a lot of pressure mm-hmm. in uh, my constituency. Quiet pressure. Okay. Sometime back in 2018, mm-hmm. when the municipality was created, I got many people who told me to, mm-hmm. who approached me. Okay. Of course, I always had ambitions. You uh, did? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I had pressure to go for an international job in Geneva. Mm-hmm. I had uh, those pressures. Mm-hmm and offers because uh, we had excelled a lot in and also built the name having been the chairman of world customs then i saw my people so i thought it was time for me having done all that i have done served to go back home interesting yes i had no doubt that when i go i mm. will be successful the entire way <laughs> you go for it you will get yes. it uh, because for me, when I first heard that, I think a lot of people actually assumed you were fired. Yeah, that is uh, from the, the role uh, at URA. Yeah, that is the, the you know the propaganda of uh, Ugandans. You know, we don't know how to celebrate success. Mm-hmm. We generally want to bring down people. When I left, there was a lot of drama about my departure, a lot of reaction mm-hmm. because people didn't expect. But. Uh, I resigned ahead of my contract and uh, there was a deadline within which you have to resign before you contest. Okay. Yeah. I needed to give myself two weeks before I announce Your intention. My intention Mm -hmm. to go in politics because I had planned my campaign journey all the weeks. Mm. Where does meticulousness come from? It is the training. I was a leader of 1,200 staff you are part of our event here. You mm. see how we well were managed. Well managed. Quite so well managed. I could not run into election without proper planning, without analysis. So I had to do a lot of planning. I got numbers per village, age demographics. Did a proper, you know, strategic plan, media strategy. Imagine that. 
set up a team then of course i needed to announce and inform all my friends okay so there's one thing having the ambition which you'd said you already yes. had there's one thing people talking eh, but kadesh yeah. should uh, should do this should do this eh, over the years then when you finally decide who's the first person you have that conversation with saying you know what may i finally decided i informed my, my wife mm-hmm. and my children and they were yes no maybe uh, <laughs> Of course I I got a yes ultimately let me not So it started as a shaky yes Yeah we, but we you know with you I said yeah mm. then I I informed uh, my brothers mm-hmm. and my mom Oh okay Yes Was mommy okay with it Very very okay mm. Especially because her, you know your dad had been in leadership uh, So as well. she says I am going to pray for you Hi mom I said that is all i need exactly yeah. yeah no but that's that's important you have to start yeah. with the core group before yes. you go to uh-huh. the outside and and when you say friends is that because you expected more support i had uh, a lot of social capital right social capital is the most important wealth absolutely you can have in life because mm. my campaign was run by people And and it's not when they say people you know the gamba no goes in. No. You know that's how people assume social capital I, is, but no. I never did a fundraising, form of fundraising, mm. but I don't want to mention. People gave how much I got from friends. Mm. Both in kind mm-hmm. and the financial including uh, outside. Mm. All my former colleagues, the commissioners mm. in Nigeria, in Botswana, South Africa, all my friends were very very supportive. Sometimes you'd be in a salon in Barat cutting hair and someone hey you man there is a time I called you I needed advice you gave me advice how can I support you I, I, I want to send you some contribution I said send it on phone and he says no it's 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 too big it won't fit on phone yeah. give me an account <laughs> so I had a lot of social capital I had people from Shema who took leave drove their cars to come and be involved in my campaign from out to come and be part of my campaign. Mm-hmm. I have a noji in German mm-hmm. and uh, UK. Mm-hmm. Another doctor was in uh, Geneva mm-hmm. and someone from uh, UAE, you know, f- friends from school mm-hmm. who took leave to come and station in Shema. So, yeah. Social capital. Very very uh, for, for someone who's listening who yeah. is wondering, okay, it might not be about money, yeah. but how do I build social capital? <sighs> it takes time also. It takes time, but when you have an opportunity to be a leader there is something that i always tell people mm. it is uh, biblical mm-hmm. that when you are in a leadership position god has put you there mm. and he has handed over the people to you to lead make sure that at the end of your time with them you have left them better than they did mm-hmm. my principle was always if you walked in my office you need a solution Even if I don't give you the solution you expect, mm. you should live with hope mm. or clarity. We used to encounter a lot of, you know, drama. Someone is boiling. <laughs> But calm down. Because of that approach of trying to find solutions, mm. trying to be a counselor if it is for staff, mm. trying to be a parent, I did not know. Okay. Partly I knew, but I did not know the extent to which, to which it would. I had uh, touched people's lives. Yeah. So I was very surprised. Mm. Even now I still meet people <laughs> who meet you and say, you don't remember me? Mm. But there is a time I needed uh, help. I walked in your office. You did the right thing. Mm. And because of that, I always pray for you. Oh, bless. Yeah. And um you said you walked into the elections knowing yes <laughs> you were going to win. Yes, mindset is very important. Okay. You need to google the meaning of my name, the full name. <laughs> I never went in with any doubt mm. and not even a single day did I believe I was going to lose the campaign. Imagine that. Because of the way I'd structured it, mm. I knew my votes. <laughs> you human calculator. Yes, I had calculated my votes and I knew how to protect them. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Usually very important. Yeah. <laughs> Something I realize about your campaign into now, of course that you have the role, your leadership. Yes. 
is probably what surprises me about I didn't realize that sort of politics yes. can exist. The politics that serves people yes. <laughs> which should be shocking if we don't expect that. Uh, but also two politics that unites. You have come off as somebody willing to work for the greater. Yes. Whether it is with somebody who would be your nemesis or not. Um also the politics that serves by that I mean you know how they always say that if how can a, a leader pass by a road and be happy that the road looks that way. Mm. But the leader will say, ah, you know, I can only do certain things. You don't seem like there's things you can't do. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like if if it if it means that Shema looks bright and vibrant and has great people, then I'm happy. That is serving people, which is rare in our politics. Absolutely, you know, Flavia. Uh, every day I'm in parliament. Every day I think about the word honourable. Mm-hmm. I remember those women and the youth who would dance in my campaign the women who would bring me chicken mm. the mothers and I tell myself even if even if I was to do one term mm-hmm. I should leave them Different. better mm. and so I do not believe in a theory of politics that does not care mm. I try my best to work uh, for the people of course it's a difficult environment <laughs> people's expectations mm. the mindset sometimes uh, things are a bit slow mm. uh, but there is something that you can do yeah. as a leader at least you can influence mm. the people you can influence their mindset so i believe that chamber uh, will never be the same because i'm not about to change so i will do everything mm-hmm. to make sure that i leave chamber better than i found it what about you what is uh, being a leader giving you or taking away from you well it is more fulfilling mm-hmm. of course i'm used to the pressure the pressure i used to have before in uh, my previous jobs it's a different kind of pressure but now i have more time for for family i try to create it but it is uh, more fulfilling because you know small things matter mm-hmm. for me to go to shema and i walk into the health center and ask check whether the drugs have been delivered mm. check whether people are on duty mm. even if i'm to do it twice a month mm. that has got more impact because that person out there really knows that you care mm-hmm. it's all about taking responsibility mm. particularly for me people have a lot of expectations they know you know the system you are respected so i can't just be there and be respected mm. no Has anything surprised you when you went into active politics? Of course there are surprises. Some <laughs> many surprises because you see you meet certain people someone has been elected but he just tells you that me I'm just here chilling. <laughs> Your colleagues Sometimes you you say really <laughs> the other surprise of course is the way sometimes bureaucracy red tape in government mm. the way things are done civil servants you know talked about corruption in local governments and you want to run very fast but then mm. you find people are, are in their chairs they have they no holding on to the rope yeah, they yeah. they don't know you know that uh, failing to make a decision has an impact that is what <laughs> actually disturbs most of us yeah. i always tell people that i've been in the boardroom mm. and i'm on the ground for goodness sake if you sit here and you theorize and on the ground you know it is about life and death so that's the struggle we have to make sure that you know people do their work do it quickly if you are delaying to release the drugs for the health center you are delaying to go to school to teach all those things have an impact on the common Someone man someone else yeah mm-hmm. wow what's your fourth pick my fourth pick will be one of those songs which gets me going you know when i am in a, in a mood of dancing <laughs> it is uh, hold on to what you got by evelyn champagne king <laughs> yeah, your music eh? uh, it is out of your <laughs>
Island Discs with Flavia on Capital FM. Fresh hits for Uganda. Desert Island Discs, your fourth choice was by Evelyn Champagne King. And yeah. as we said about your music, it has aged like fine wine. Yes. Your choices. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait for the final one. Yeah. So you are very proud of Shema, especially for the kind of work that you've put in. Yes. And that plan that you had drawn was up to campaign yes. time and up to, well, winning the election. I'm assuming after I've seen how you've operated and worked that there's a bigger strategic plan. Yes, so I am trying to strictly follow my manifesto, mm. the dot. First of all, I had to align my manifesto with the party yes. manifesto. And then I pick out what the pillars that you can, can yeah. actually push. So far, we are moving. Mm. I try to document whatever we do. Mm. So in the first year, I produced the record of what we have done. It's published yeah. And I intend to do it every year. Mm-hmm. At the end of midterm, mm-hmm. I need to measure the impact because there are things, there are programs you are doing, for example, with women. Mm-hmm. We started the Women's Circle. It has now over 800 women. We want to make it a bank mm-hmm. for business, Imagine. for women, mm-hmm. to help that uh, lower person. We have got programs in education. Mm-hmm. So I set up uh, advisory committees on education, on health. They do monitoring, give me reports every month. Mm -hmm. The drugs are in the health center, they are not. I meet the civil servants uh, at the local level. I try to push a little bit, Mm. you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're trying to push for my slow to just go a bit uh, faster. Yeah, Get things done, Mm. the aspects of environment, uh, the roads. Mm. These are things, of course, which at national level, but you have to be able to lobby and push. For your constituents. Yeah, for the constituents. I like that you, and on, on top of documenting, you're very visible yes. online, yes. especially Twitter, and I'm not sure about the other platforms if yeah. it's the same, but was that a conscious decision? Yes, it was, because you see, as I told you, I'm a person of numbers. Mm-hmm. When I was going into campaigns, mm-hmm. I did age demographics in Shema. Mm-hmm. 70% of the people below the age of 35 mm. and these are people who have grown up with gadgets yes. they are online mm. so during my campaign i actually had a website developed by those young people mm. i had a, a team of 40 media volunteers mm. young people from university from uh, technical colleges they are online mm. so the easiest way to keep them engaged is to keep you know informing them what is happening mm. We needed to sustain it. Of course, we, we closed the website. It will be opened at a certain point. But uh, keeping the young people involved, uh, making sure that whatever we do is out there, mm. 
is very very important transparency mm. are you returning for another term or should we expect you to probably since it, there's a lot of red tape and you should fix it aim for presidency what do you think what would you <laughs> recommend uh, i mean if you're meticulous you might as well lead the country i, I am around <laughs> you're still around <laughs> yes but but are, are you planning to go beyond shema no no i mean shema i'm going to be their mp i'll stand again mm-hmm. so you don't um, have desires to lead the country no 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 i am uh, focusing <laughs> on uh, my people you know right shema is a very nice place mm-hmm. it's one of the best places to live in this country with a lot of potential mm-hmm. it used to be called uh, omweko in the old days mm-hmm. place of retreat for the kings because of the you know the, the hills that surround it the river raises so it's a very beautiful place to be even after retiring <laughs> well answered like a politician <laughs> yes um so so now you can look at your life now and say it's a well lived well rounded life but um now katesh the person mm. who's a father you've you've got four daughters yes. you're what these days the cool people call a girl dad mm. a very proud girl dad i assume very proud <laughs> like a superstar. <laughs> you have a good relationship with your daughters? Absolutely. Yeah. My first born is going into senior one. Oh. And uh, my last born is five. We have a very great relationship. <laughs> uh, if you meet us, yeah, friends. On the course, <laughs> you can't believe this. Uh, I am very very happy. Mm. And uh, proud that. I saw you on the campaign trail. Mm. Your wife was there almost Emma championing and yes. you would think it is her we are going to vote for you know she was standing in that that's that's great to have support is it still there as has anything changed what conversations do you have now that you're you know this is what it's, your life has become it's there you know the most important thing is family mm. these other things can happen but <laughs> at the end of the day your family is the source of you know retreat mm-hmm. my wife my children they are the most important to me and uh, they give me the support that I need mm. and uh, it, it's still the same yeah is she on the team yeah she she does but of course we know we have to balance <laughs> you have to balance the roles yeah <laughs> yeah but i can tell you even my daughters when we go home for christmas for example they want to visit neighbors they mm. want to look out for i have already seen one of them is a uh, uh-huh. she she has some following right behind you <laughs> Please nurture that. Yes. Um, as as we wind up, I mean, I know the other day uh, you shared something to do. Is it a festival? Yeah. Uh, or an yeah. expo? Yes. That you were uh, having. Yeah. You, you, it's like your mind is constantly creating, you. you know. And that's good. Actually, now I think you make us want to visit Shema. And I think no, that you should. Be. Because, uh, you know, Shema Show used to be an annual kind of agricultural expo. Mm. The last one was held in the early 1990s when we had uh, Sir Richard Kishka. When he became an MP, he came out with an economic plan for Shema. Mm. Economic transformation plan. Sounds like Shema has had good and people at its leadership. He uh, even produced a book. Mm. So for about 31 years, mm. we never had that show. Mm. So it was one of my campaign promises. To come back. So we had to bring so it So what back. happens is that those who so, grow their products have a place to show. So what happens is that we mobilize the people mm-hmm. who are in agriculture, who are in processing, who are in industry, mm. the best, you know. And then we have like a four-day exhibition. So you have the best farmer who has the best cow which mm. has let's say 40 liters mm-hmm. exhibiting. Right. The ones who have, you know, plantations they will physically bring something to showcase yeah so okay. during that period they are learning what is it that you can do right people were doing uh, organic manure from just nothing waste mm. people were doing processing so this year was the first time we brought it you revived it mm. very successful good of course we have enhanced it with many activities <laughs> like uh, a shema run to keep people entertained yes, as well the, yeah toward the shema where people do cycling competition mm. we added the cultural aspect so we had the cultural show mm. you know tradition and then we added the aspect of environmental mm. so we had to launch tree planting activities about planted about 30,000 trees mm. 
across the municipality. So this is going to be an annual thing. And during that time, mm-hmm. we also had trainings. Mm-hmm. So we bring in government agencies like OWC, NADs, they are training people. Mm-hmm. Why do we do this? To make sure that people get the knowledge. Mm-hmm. The government is implementing parish model. We don't want people just to borrow money, go into rearing, say chicken, when they have no knowledge. Mm-hmm. So the whole objective is to teach people, show them. Equip the mind. Equip the mind. The of course, we also had the medical camp. Mm. And uh, it served about 6,000 people. Wow. Free medical camp. We had partners who came on board. About 40 doctors were involved, mm. giving out free eyeglasses, mm. dental. It was a real very very good festival and next year is going to be bigger and better sounds like uh, all your skills that you've earned <laughs> over the years are following you into yes. everything yes. as we wind up when you look at your life in hindsight what would you share with the listener to say this is sort of like my tips to success but what i've learned over my life's journey yes. would set you up for success i mean you were and are a brilliant man but there's someone out there thinking i'm not a d1 student <laughs> and certainly won't maybe get a first class you know but what can I do to set me up for success? First of all, it is discipline mm. and attitude. When I was in senior one, I never went to school with a, a sponge mattress. You remember those days? We had Pamba. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yes. By that time, you know, my parents had gone through the struggles. They had mm. retired. The incomes were not there. So my mother used to do a lot of things. She had a canteen. I remember we used to wake up at 3 a.m., do pancakes, do bread, and struggle. But go to school, yeah. and from senior one to senior four, mm. I was number one in class, mm-hmm. despite the difficulties. The circumstances around you. So what I've seen is that you have to persevere, have a positive mindset, and have, be disciplined. Mm. Very, very important. As I grew up, mm. I always tell people that when you have a problem or difficulty, mm. just know there is someone who is worse off than you. Mm. And so when you do that... No matter how bad it feels bad or it seems, is, yeah. Then you thank God for that. Uh-huh. And there is always a, a room ahead, mm. an opportunity ahead. Mm. It's uh, discipline, attitude, and you know, being a... Thank you so much, Honorable Katesh, for the time and sharing your story. And now I think you should start a visit Shema. Is yes. it there already? It campaign? is there. Yes. Visit Shema. Yes. Such now we, we come and you, you show us around and, you know, mm. show us the beauty and the vibrancy now yes. that you've, you've done with Shema. What's your final song as we wrap My show? final song must come from Ruza Vandros. <laughs> one okay. of my... He was a great talent. Yeah, I think I have listened to all his songs. Oh. So my last song would be I'm Gonna Start Today by Rosa Vandros. Very beautiful song. Sounds like all the titles and the songs you've picked have strong messages. Yes, because I don't just love the song because... You don't do the Ugandan way. We listen for Chidongo.
Island Discs with Flavia on Capital FM. Fresh hits for Uganda.